0: Alright, Matthew chapter number two this morning. How about we, um, uh, how about we start in verse number nine? This is speaking about those wise men. Some would call them the Magi. And, uh, they have come, as the song says, they have come from afar and uh, they've come to worship the Lord. But it says in verse number nine, That when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went over before them, or excuse me, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you, Lord, for the good singing this morning. God, we're so thankful, Lord, uh, for that old, old story. And God, I praise you this morning, Lord, that that there is joy to the world and that my name is written there. God, I'm glad this morning that you know my name and, and that you decided you chose the cross for, for me. And God, I praise you for that today. And God, I Thank you, Lord, that we can be thankful, Lord, that we've got shoes on our feet and we've got a table full of food and we've got so many blessings. And God, we would be we would be remiss if we did not thank you and give you glory for those things. And God, also, we want to thank you for the blessed word of God. We pray today that you would allow it to speak to our hearts and and to begin to transform our lives. And Father, we pray, Lord, that this story that we've just read and I say story very uh, very. Uh, Uh, Broadly, God, but God, I don't want to take away from your word, but Lord, as we just read this story about the wise men going to see your son, I pray that you would enlighten us today. Have your will in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you write in your Bible uh, when preachers preach, you've probably written somewhere around 2019 that this message was preached, and uh, I am going to preach it again, and uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, they they mentioned that they preach the same message uh, every year for Christmas, and I thought, man, I can never do that, and uh, this week as I was studying, one thought came running through my mind, and uh, it was a Christmas song that, uh, that Ashland sang years ago, uh, it was called, um, My Gift Is Me. And as I began to think, I, I was thought about maybe continuing the message that we preached a few weeks ago about a strange way to save the world, but I just couldn't get any grasp or grip on that, and so I just feel compelled this morning to preach this message, Gift for Christ. And uh, I want to take our text again here in Matthew chapter number 2, but I want to read verse number 11 again, that when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother and fell down and worshiped. Him. Let's never forget that above the gifts, above the star, above the traveling, they worshipped Him. Amen? And uh, just as He was worthy of their worship then, He is most definitely worthy today. Can somebody help me right there? But uh, we find that these men, they were on the search for the King of the Jews, that He says there in verse number 2, it says, "...where is He that is born King of the Jews? We do not know the exact number of these men." Uh, We don't know exactly where they came from. We just know that they, according to verse number 1, that they came from the east. Uh, But we do know the reason, and I believe that that is outlined here in verse number 11, where it says that they came and worshipped Him. I love also the fact that it says in verse number 10, uh, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy i 'm glad that, as we tie verse number ten into verse number nine that they realized Brother Stanley that they were where they were supposed to be, and the star that had been leading them had stopped right above the place where jesus is and uh, i, I don 't want to get into signs or anything of that sort, but i'll tell you what 's the truth Jesus himself said it if i if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me and so this morning I encourage you just out on the onslaught of the message, uh, to lift up the Lord and point people to where He is, just as that star many years ago appointed uh, uh, them to Him. But then we notice a few things here in this text. It says in verse number 2, they ask the question, where is He that is born King of the Jews? For we have followed... Notice this, that it says His star in the east. It didn't say a star it didn't say the star it said that they followed his star and these were wise men uh, according to verse number 1 and so I believe this morning that they may have had and I got to get the word right I, I don't remember which one it is you got some folks that deal with with the stars and what they mean and then you have to study of the stars so astronomer or astronomer astro- somebody that looked at the stars that's who these guys uh, were I believe they, they knew how to how to name and how to chart the stars, but Brother Eric, there was something different about this star. There's been a lot of folks that say, well, this was the alignment of Saturn and of Mars and of Jupiter, and it made just one bright star that that stayed over where he was. Some have said that it was a comet. Some uh, have said that it's other things, but I believe that it was by divine appointment that this star showed up in the heavens at this time. It says that they came following his star, and they come to worship Him. And so I I firmly believe today that not everybody saw this star. I believe that it may have been uh, speaking directly to them. I don't have any Bible for that, but nobody else seemed to look at this star. Nobody else seemed to try to figure out what this star uh, means. Uh, They were trying to look at the scrolls and they were trying to figure out what the prophecy said. But these men weren't worried about the prophecy or what men said. They were worrying about where this star was leading them and as they came to Herod they asked him surely this is a king he should know where the king of the Jews is but he did not know Verse number eight. It says that I may come and worship him also. Uh, this is King Herod. He had privately, in verse seven, called the wise men and inquired diligently what time the star appeared. Verse number eight. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, "Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring the word, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also." And uh, I'll say this: that uh, just because you mentioned the name of God, just just because you mention the name of Christ it does not make you holy. Somebody say amen right there. It does not make you righteous and I dare to say it does not make you Christian. Uh, there are a lot of folks just like Herod uh, that they are, they are uh, they've are, they got an ulterior motive they've got their own agenda and they're wanting to go to, uh, I'll, I'll say this again broadly, they're wanting to go to church so they can push their agenda they're wanting to go to church so they can get more brownie points. Uh, they're wanting to go to church or they're wanting to be a part of a, um, uh, uh, what is, some religious organization, uh, so that they can gain clout in the in society, but I want to tell you something, it's more than just saying the name of God, it's more than just saying the name of Jesus, it's having something in you that truly wants to worship Him. we got to go back to verse number uh, 2 again, it says, where is He that was born King of the Jews? For we have seen His star in the east, and are come to worship Him. They had no other desire but to worship Him. And this morning, I believe that there are many folks uh, that are hiding what's in their heart, their true feelings in their heart, uh, so that they can gain uh, um, uh, some sort of... I'm trying to say words, I don't know how to say, Jody. Uh, They're they're trying to gain attention to themselves. But can I tell you this morning, it's, it's more than just your words. It is your heart. It is that heart today. Herod, Herod with words announced that he would worship Christ, but he had other, he had some sinister plans you can see later on and you can see throughout history, starting there in verse number 16, that Herod slaughtered those children, those male children that were below two years old. And so he, he said that he wanted to worship, but in his heart he had something different. And I believe that there are a lot of folks today that in their heart they're saying one thing, but with their lips they're saying another. There's a lot of things that we could, that we all deal with from time to time, from week to week. Brother Kurt, you mentioned you've had a hard week today, or this week. And there's a lot of things that, that, that tends tends to turn us to God at different times in our lives. Some folks can they can go throughout their week and they could say their daily um, uh, um, their prayers that they 're obligated to and and they could they can read their Bible that they 're obligated to read. Uh, but then when something truly happens in their lives, maybe some, uh, terrible thing, they begin then to finally turn to God. They begin then to really turn their face toward God. And, uh, here we find that this miraculous star came, uh, in sight of these men. And I believe that maybe their eyes had been on their books, their, their eyes had been in the scrolls, and their eyes had been in their studies. But now they come and they see this, this star. And they begin truly to turn to God. As we think about these wise men, we we kind of I kind of wonder what their thought process was. What were they together because of circumstances? were they together on this journey just because the circumstances aligned and everything was good and and their wives were uh they were on a women's trip and and they didn't have to worry about them their kids were off at summer camp and so they it was just a men's trip and we're going no i don't believe it, it was just circumstances I don't think that it was conscience. I don't believe that their conscience was leading them. In this society that we live in, they put so much emphasis on their conscience. Their conscience is, if something's against, no, 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 no. I don't believe that it was their circumstances and I don't believe it was their conscience. I don't believe it was their companions. I firmly believe that there was something drawing them. The word that we use today is conviction. The word that we use today is conviction. And if there's ever a time that the people of God, did you hear what I said? The people of God need conviction. It's this last few days of 2021. We need to start 2022 saying, God, here I am. Take all of me. God, if you want to lead me out of the east with a star, lead me. But wherever I am, I want to be where Jesus is. I don't believe that it was their conscience and all those other things. I I truly believe it was conviction. Conviction is what leads us in our choices. Conviction pulls us out of sin. Conviction brings us to God or conviction brings us back to God. It wasn't mere chance that I had these wise men following after some unknown. We don't know how long that they they followed this star, but they knew that something was special about it. It was not peer pressure or their conscience that told them to leave their wealth and told them to leave their families to search for this King of the Jews. It was conviction. These men had to get to Jesus. Uh, just kind of outside of the the uh, the. Uh, the outline. Uh, you remember the woman uh, that interrupted Jesus when he was talking to uh, the, the, uh, was the centurion uh, the Jarius, that had the little girl that was at the point of death, and she pressed through the crowd. She had had an issue of blood for twelve years, and she pressed through the crowd. She interrupted Jesus, and just with one touch, brother Eric, she was healed. I wonder if we would be willing to to, to completely get rid of everything else in our life. Miss Kim, and press through the crowd to reach the hymn of Christ. I, I think of others. I think of Zacchaeus. He he ran in front of all of the crowd. He climbed up into a tree. Why? So that he could see Jesus. I think about others throughout Scripture that did what they could so that they can see Jesus. How one, one man uh, wrote, one of the Gospels wrote, Sirs, we would see Jesus. We know there's a lot of men around. We know there's a lot of great men in our midst. But we want to see Jesus. I wonder this morning how many of us, by conviction of the Holy Ghost, want to see Jesus. Let's quickly now get into the message. Number one, I want us to notice these gifts. First, we see the gifts of gold. And for years, it's been... It's been said that this gift of gold was the most precious of metals. It's been made into coins, dishes, and jewelry. It's been spun into thread and placed in the finest of clothes. But I wonder this morning, what is the thing that you hold dear the most? I've got some precious possessions. And to my knowledge, none of those are physical. I may like some things. I have a stone that a preacher gave me years ago and I kept it in my pocket for years. Finally put it on the shelf. I have a quarter that was given to me last year by Brother Lane Hamby and he was preaching out of Luke about those lost coins and he started handing out coins and I marked that coin so I could keep it with me and I kept it and still have it sitting on my bathroom counter. There's some things... Like that, maybe some trinkets. But well, the most precious possessions that I have, one sitting over here, one sitting back here, and one sitting over there. Those are my most precious possessions that I have. But this morning I ask you, what is, your, what is that thing that you consider the most precious in your life? Now, I told you that mine is my wife and my two children. I wonder if the day would come where God would ask me to give them up if I'd be willing to do that. So I ask you today, if you have something precious in your heart that you cannot live without, are you willing to give that up for the Lord? Are you willing to say, here it is, God. This is a gift for you. These wise men brought the most precious of metals and gave these things to Christ. But I wonder, are you holding on tight to it? Are you trying to keep it from the grip or the grasp of Christ? Are you saying, God, you can have everything else but not this? Or have you ever seen somebody, you got to get something from them, Brother Jody, and they're holding on to it in one hand, and you're trying to grab it, and you know you have to have it, and you have to take it from them. But they have to get to the point where they finally let go and let you have it. Are you holding on to something with one hand, trying to ask God to take it with the other? Just, honey, let go and let God have a hold of it. They they gave him gold. They gave this little boy gold and, and we can make some assumptions here and we can talk about how that maybe, uh, that this gold would help them in their journey. This gold would help, uh, Jesus to grow up. And hey, Joseph was just a carpenter. We don't know much about Mary and, and what maybe trades she might have learned, but we do know that they were given gold. And, and could it be maybe that this was to supply them for the many years to come? We don't know, but I believe it could be. There is. Brother Barry Rackley, somebody sent me a quote this morning. and said, you'll never be great for Him until you're great with Him. Listen, until He is great in you, He will never be great through you. God measures greatness by how big Jesus is in you. So I wonder this morning, are we allowing they brought gifts of gold are we allowing that most precious thing in our lives to be given to god first kings 14 don't have to turn there but it reminds us that all that glitters is not gold there in 1 Kings chapter 14, you see that the wicked king came and he took out all of the gold and he replaced it with, with brass, brazen shield, brazen cups and, and the enemy came in and we see that those things that they glittered like gold, they shone like gold, but they were not gold. They were just imitations. Better be careful chasing after gold. You're liable to find an imitation. Y'all still with me on this Sunday morning? Now, I'll say this, I want to be very careful in saying this, but just because it is your best, y'all listen to me, just because you're giving God your best, it does not mean that it is fit for God. Now, i got to be careful with this because we say just give it to God. Just give Him the best that you have. And I understand that. But there are some folks that the best that they have in their own minds is unworthy for God. So, here's what I would say to you in contrast to that. Is instead of trying to give God your best, give God your all. Lay yourself down at the altar of God. Say, God, listen... I mean, Isaiah, Nathan, Isaiah said that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Everything, brother, D, that we can offer God is nothing but a filthy rag. And so why should we even try to offer God our best? Instead, offer God us. Get on the altar. We sing the song, Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the Spirit control. This morning, lay it all down. These men brought gold, but let's lay it all down today. Notice number two: the gift of frankincense. They they came and fell down. They worshipped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense. And we told you this last time uh, that frankincense. And y'all just after after about maybe March or so, y'all can forget you heard this. That way, next year, if I preach it again, it'll be y'all are like, "Wow, he's so smart." And that would help me. It'd be a blessing to me. But we see this gift of frankincense. It is a fragrant perfume. It's used, of course, incense as the name suggests. It's been used as an emblem of prayer. It's been used in marriage ceremonies, in death or funeral ceremonies. It's been used in a myriad of religious ceremonies. But the resin comes from a tree in African Asia. It's called the Botswilia tree. And the harvest was dangerous. All around these these trees were venomous snakes. They lived in the trees like puff adders and vipers. And so they made the harvesting deadly. But because it made the harvesting more deadly and more dangerous, the desire of it became more intense. Giving yourself to God could very well be dangerous in your own eyes. It could be very well dangerous in the eyes of others, but not in the physical. Giving your life to Christ, you may find yourself in some pain that you thought not possible. Maybe you've lost a friend, you've lost a loved one uh, because of your choice. Maybe they've, they've walked away, they've turned their back on you. Uh, maybe a relationship may fall apart because you decided to choose that good part and let them go. You may fall into danger in a spiritual battle. You better believe that Satan will fight you tooth and nail if you give yourself to Christ. He will fight you tooth and nail if you give yourself to Christ. There will be ridicule. And I'll say this, there will be ridicule from religious people. There'll be people maybe in your own church that will say, Well, he's just when he got saved, he went headlong into religion. He went head, he he just completely sold out for God. Now, sometimes you hear that in his preachers bragging and saying, Man, I tell you what, so and so got saved, man. They just sold out for God. Praise God and hallelujah. That's good. But then you have others that maybe with, with a, a little disdain in their voice, they will say, well, he sold out for God now. He just, he, he dresses crazy. He does stuff. He goes out and he does this, that and the other. Hey, you better, you better watch your mouth for those folks that are completely sold out to God. As we say, you better hands off. You better let God give them the praise. You better let God give them uh, the correction if they need it. But I'm going to tell you something, church. If you completely sold sell out to God, you may you may find yourself spiritually in some dangerous places, but can I encourage you to keep pressing on. Amen. And Brother Kurt was teaching in Sunday school this morning. Galatians six nine came to my mind. Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep on plowing, keep on planting, keep on watering. The harvest is coming, and when the harvest comes, you may be weary, you may be tired, but bless God, bring it all into the house, amen, and give God the glory for it. Yeah, I don't. I feel like this was supposed to be a Christmas message. But maybe it's not right now, don't know. It was also a very hard and a long process. As the harvesters came to the tree, they would scar the tree and they would allow it to begin to, to, if I could use the word leak resin, to drip Resin. About 15 days later they would come and they would scar it again. Another 15 days they would come and scar it again. And after that third cutting, the resin would be so aromatic that it could be used in incense and in medicine. They would harvest it between those, those cuttings. But that third, that third was the most desired. That was when the, the, the scent was the most intense. And they would cut the tree up to seven times. And each time the resin would be more aromatic and it would be more valuable. I want you to know today, after every trial that you go through and you come out victorious, that sweet smelling savor that goes up to God when you praise Him, it gets sweeter every time. So when you feel the pressure of the world and you feel like you're being cut and you feel like everything you've got is being poured out of you, honey, just keep on pouring. Just keep on going for God because it's rising up to God as a sweet smelling savor. The thought of frankincense brings to my mind Mary anointing the feet of Jesus over in John chapter number 12. She came in. Somebody talked about it. Man, I don't remember, Kurt, if it was you. Somebody talked about it recently. How that uh, how that alabaster box. How that it was very pricey and very costly. But yet she didn't just take a little chip off of one corner. She didn't just pop the cord. She broke it open and she poured it upon the feet of Christ. This was the most expensive thing that she could buy that she could present and she did it freely to God. Amen. I want to have you broken yourself to be poured out on God. Have you kept the perfume of your own soul? Have you kept it from Christ? Have you kept this incense of you to yourself or will you give it to Christ? Number 3, the gift of myrrh. Just as just as the uh the harvesting of frankincense was dangerous and just as it was a long, uh, process, so, so too it is with, uh, with myrrh. And it was used for many things, from arthritis to menopause, mouthwash and tooth, toothpaste to horse liniment. Uh, it could be called the balm of Gilead. It was used to embalm the dead. They would not only embalm them with them, but they would wrap the dead with these spices, these little, little small crystals, if you will. I asked myself the question, why, why would they bring such a gift to Jesus? Why, why would they bring gold and why would they bring frankincense and myrrh? And I, I watched a video of this man and he was weird to say the least. Um, uh, he, he's, he, he was trying to tie myrrh into all kinds of different things and he went into spiritualism. I'm not talking about. Following the spirit, I'm talking about following spirits, like goblins and stuff like that. And he was talking about how that in in those type of um, ceremonies that they would that they would uh, evoke spirits from other worlds. And I I hit the click get out of here button when he started getting to that. But he he said this. He said many. And he used this word, he said, many spiritual applications have been made to this. And they've said that it could be, and I've read this before, but this gentleman, he did not, he is not a professing Christian. He said that many spiritual applications have been made and they, they assume that this was a precursor to Christ's crucifixion and death and burial. Now, this man, I don't know his name. I can find it if you want. You can watch the video yourself. He has no idea how much truth he spoke in doubt. I, I really believe that through God's foreknowledge, His sovereignty, if you will, I believe God knew that these men would bring three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And in bringing that gold, maybe that they were able to provide for Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and their other children for some time to come. Maybe it could be that this frankincense was given as a perfume to help this little child. Possibly two years at this time is when the wise men came. I don't believe that he was still in the manger. It says that he came in, they came into his house. I believe this was about two years afterwards. Other words, I don't, I don't, otherwise, I don't think that Herod would have tried to kill those children two years old and under. So it could be that this frankincense was to help in those humid times, maybe for health, maybe for those times where, uh, things, uh, um, got a, a little lean they could even sell the frankincense because it carried a high price in the Roman economy but we come to myrrh and myrrh typically is used for uh, outside of these for burial why would they bring a baby an herb that was used for burial well in John chapter number 19 i just want to i just want you to see this i'm not going to say much more about it But John chapter number 19, verse number 39, Jesus now, He's been crucified. He is being entombed. Verse number 38, they begged the body of Jesus. They took the body of Jesus in verse 39, and there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. I wonder maybe if the old boy on YouTube might have been right about something and didn't even know it. I wonder if God in His foreknowledge maybe ordained those three wise men or those wise men to give him something that would foreshadow his death and his burial. Maybe it spoke to Mary and to Joseph and said, yes, one day He will deliver His people from their sin. He will be crucified. John, I believe it was said that, or maybe it was somebody said that He was crucified before the foundation of the world. And Mark Lauer wrote a great song in Mary Did You Know. But I really believe Mary knew, really do believe that Mary knew who Jesus was. When she looked into those little eyes, I really do believe she knew that He was the I Am. Now I'm gonna still sing the song. It's a good song, but I really do believe there in in uh, what is it? Luke chapter number two. And Mary pondered these things in her heart. I don't believe she was trying to figure out who this little baby was. I believe she was pondering because she knew who he was, and she was trying maybe to figure out why in the world would God choose me? Strange way to save the world, right there, brother Jody. But this this myrrh. Maybe it spoke something to Mary that said, yeah, this little boy is going to be, he's going to die one day, but he'll be taken care of. Don't worry about it. This is just a foreshadowing of what is to come. But remember, this is God's son. Dr. Criswell says this, that this myrrh represents the offering of life, the sacrifice of life, and the gift of life unto death. He goes on and says, are they offered unto him, or, and they offered unto him myrrh? That is, they dedicated life unto death, the gift of life. So could it be today that this was maybe even a precursor to remind Mary and Joseph that, yeah, Jesus would die. And when he does die, he will need this. There's something so powerful in its healing abilities as this myrrh. No doubt Jesus and His family would need it. No doubt it would bring healing throughout the year. But I wonder today to apply to our lives is would we do like Dr. Criswell says, and dedicate our life unto death for Christ. Just as they brought myrrh to symbolize life and death, Would you, too, offer your life to death for Christ? Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. He says, I mortify my flesh daily or my deeds daily. I wonder how many of us are doing those things. In conclusion, I want to say this, that the choice this morning is up to you. You can decide if you want to keep these gifts to yourself, or you can decide that you want to give them to God. I believe that we ought to give them to God. Christmas is just around the corner. People have been shopping. People have been singing Christmas carols. They've been putting up decorations and things of that sort. Um, Some are emphasizing Santa Claus and reindeer and elves. But this morning, the real choice is what are you going to give to Christ? Every year, people ask me, my wife has asked me, and other people, what do you want for Christmas? And I'll tell them, well, I want this or I want that. It's not about what we want this morning. It's about what we can give. It's about what we're going to give, not even to one another, though that's the way that we should should be. But the question today is, what are we going to give to God? You've got, what is today's date, the 19th? So you you've got a week... Two weeks rather, you've got two weeks to decide in 2022 if you're gonna give God the gifts that dwell inside you. And they can all be summed up in one, yourself. Are you gonna give God yourself? The, the choice, as I mentioned, is what will you give Christ? There's a lot of folks that see Christ as in the manger. A lot of, a lot of folks see Christ under that star. You'll see it in Christmas plays where that star's hanging there and there's a um, a manger of sorts and there's a little baby or a baby doll in there. That's how they see Christ. Some see Christ as He's on the cross. Some see Christ laying in the tomb. I want you to know that He is none of those. He is alive. He is well. And He is currently seating, seated. He's sitting down. At the right hand of God. He's not wringing His hands. He's not wondering how things are going to work out. He's just waiting for the instructions to come get us. And between now and then, I want to give myself to Christ. The song that that I mentioned earlier, it's My Gift Is Me. I'm just going to read the lyrics. I thought for three and a half seconds I'd get Ashlyn to sing it. But when I mentioned it, she cringed. And so I figured I wouldn't. What I have to give to you cannot be bought or sold. It can't be wrapped up in a box or tied with strings of gold. It isn't perfect and you'll see it, is, it isn't even new. But Jesus, it's the only treasure I can give to you. Me. My gift is me. All I am and all I'll ever be, I'm not ashamed for the world to see that it's me. My gift is me. Jesus, you're the greatest gift the world will ever know. Coming down from heaven just to live your love below. With all that you have done for me, the least that I can do is give all that I know of me to all I know of you. Of all the gifts man could give, it's nice to know that I can give his favorite gift, the one that thrills me so. Me. My gift is me. All I am and all I'll ever be, I'm not ashamed for the world to see that it's me. My gift is me. Let's come, Lori, with the play I Surrender All. Nathan, if it's all right, I'll lead it this morning. I want everybody just to have the opportunity, just for a few minutes, as we, as we give this invitation to ponder that thought. Will you give yourself a gift today? You, you may try to make excuses. You may try to barter with the Lord. <clears throat> But this morning, probably your best answer is just to say, I surrender all. God, I, I want to give myself to You. Just as those wise men gave gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, God, I want to give everything that I have. Lord, the most expensive thing that I have, it's not a ring, it's not a watch, it's not a wallet or a house or a car whatever. The most precious thing is You. And and God doesn't want just part of you. He wants all of you. Let's stand. If you can sing, sing with us. This is page 354. The altar is open this morning. You come.